My name's Tom Jennings and this is the 24 Frames Cast. On today's episode, I will be taking a look at Joanna Hogg's The Souvenir Part 2. And But before I get to that, I did say in the last episode that I wanted to make a point of uh, pointing people in the right direction when it comes to, I thought, good podcasts or YouTube channels or, I don't know, Vimeo video essays and stuff like that that I come across. And I've got a recommendation for you all today, which is a YouTube channel called Movie Collector, hosted by a rather wonderful chap called John Clancy. Um, John is a home cinema enthusiast. He was um, also the organiser of the British Film Collectors Convention. And he has this rather wonderful home theatre in his house with a 35mm projector, a 16mm projector, a 4K laser projector. And... He pretty much um, just does reviews of new UHDs and kind of anything else that kind of tickles his fancy. He's just done a, um, a really interesting episode, actually. Um, it's it sort of about um, the 70mm presentation of Death on the Nile, but also a rather interesting look at kind of what kind of cinemas and, the, and their histories are still going in London. Absolutely wonderful. I think this is someone who I... I'm so glad YouTube exists because it gives people like John the opportunity to kind of share their passion there's no way without the kind of the you know the online community that John would have a voice and it, the channel it's, it's really well supported um, it's getting lots of views a really engaging community it's a really positive place I think to go and talk about films and he's so knowledgeable as well really understands film formats how they work why they work what doesn't work um, just really interesting little kind of tidbits that I've, I've personally have found um, really informative. I will leave a link to it in on the blog in the show description, but that's the movie collector. Um, and yeah, definitely do check him out. Okay, so I will be doing a review obviously today. And as I've said at the top of the show, I will be taking a look at Joanna Hogg's The Souvenir Part 2. Hi. Hi, Julie. Jim. Sorry about your loss. Thank you. This is going to be the most important thing you do at film school, your graduation film. It's about a relationship that hopefully many people can relate to. Presumably there's a film next, but... No, a whole team of students. And no one's giving a direction? No. Sounds fairly typical for an art school. Okay, let's hold it there. Dark. Right, what were your thoughts? It excites me. It excites me. Don't say something that you could say after watching anything. It's great. It excites me. Say something specific, honestly. Just think about what makes you happy, what you're interested in, and it will translate. I'm struggling to recognize whether I'm missing Anthony, or whether I'm missing having a companion. I really want to be able to talk to someone who I don't go to film school with, mm -hmm. and who's not my parents. Where's my sunny girl? But you do realize you're the one who can make it happen. I don't want to show life as it plays out. I want to show life as I imagine it. That's all you can hope for, isn't it? I'm storing, I'm gathering experience <laughs> and information, and I'm waiting to find what I want to do with that.
Okay, so I will happily watch films or television series about the richest, most privileged people on earth. I absolutely adore The Crown, the Netflix series made about possibly the most famous rich person in all of England. I like billionaires. I can't get enough of succession. I will watch Merchant Ivory films who are rather fussy upper class types and I'll sit there and enjoy it and I won't bat an eyelid. Yet stick some upper middle class types in front of me and I begin to bristle. I find it almost impossible to care about these types of people. Yet there is one filmmaker who it seems operates exclusively in this world and that is Joanna Hogg. And it was the first film of hers I ever saw was Exhibition, which was a film about contemporary artist couple who have to deal with the trauma of their house being put up for sale. And I normally give films about five or ten minutes where I think I can accurately work out whether I'm not going to like them or not. And with Exhibition, it took about 25 minutes. But in the end, I did actually really end up caring about the characters. And the reason was quite simple. I could empathise with their situation. I had been in a relationship in which I'd effectively lived in a house with somebody who outwardly might be your partner, but in reality has become a distant stranger. And you've kind of entered into a kind of silent companionship with, and it's always hard to know where to go in these situations. Who's going to crack first? What are the implications of this going to be? And it's kind of what I identified in exhibition. And yes, I did find the characters slightly annoying at times, but the situation did move me. It got to me. But what I was aware of is that I think quite easily on another day, I could have really, really hated exhibition. I could have easily, I think, dismissed it as a load of tosh about rich people and their rather boring problems. And even if I did recognise some of my own life experience in their situation, I really don't think I can get on board with a contemporary artist who at one scene I think seems to be wrapping herself in cellophane as some kind of artistic statement but all being said I connected with the film critics it seemed have no such reservations when it comes for their unanimous love of Joanna Hogg's work on the whole the reception to her film amongst the critical community is almost universal adulation frequently her films are given top marks or even films of the year awards Yet what is quite interesting, I found, is for the film-going community as a whole, people don't really seem to have much interest in her work. Her films largely fall flat at the box office and don't seem to be universally loved by the people that do see them. After exhibition, she made The Souvenir, which was billed as her most personal film yet. Julie, played by Honor Swinton Byrne, is a young film student who meets and falls in love with Anthony, a well-to-do and rather dashing cad who claims to work for the Foreign Office. It becomes clear Anthony has a problem, heroin to be precise, and Julie begins to confront him with his, about his addiction. She tries to help, but eventually Anthony dies of an overdose. Julie's left bruised and brattered and struggling to decide where her burgeoning film career should take her. Now, the souvenir is directed within an inch of its life by Hogg. Everything is controlled, precise, perfect to a degree. I was quite taken with it at times. But again, but other times, I did have a rather nagging doubt at the back of my mind. Julie, a student she may be, but she's from an insanely rich family, played by real-life mother Tilda Swinton, who provided a rather nice flat in Knightsbridge, and there with her assortment of rich mates. And it was there, I suppose, that I 
really did struggle in some ways to truly identify with the world that Julie lived in. Obviously, I did feel quite sorry for the Anthony character. He was a bit of a twit. And you could, could easily see how a young, impressionable woman could be swept off her feet by such an enigmatic person. Everyone in the film seemed so uptight. There didn't seem to be much fun going on. There's lots of mumbling about big ideas, but it all seemed a bit unrelated, like the characters have nothing really else, anything else to think about. And in a way, that's actually quite an accurate description. They don't, people in these films don't seem to have to work. They don't have to worry about the trials of life because there is a sack of cash keeping them in the life to which they have become accustomed. I also found that the chemistry between Julie and Anthony was severely lacking. His unlikability again made me feel rather aloof from the film, but all being said, I watched it and I liked it. I, I think if I'd watched it in the year it came out, it probably would have made my top 10 for that year. And of course, it was absolutely adored by critics. However, not by audiences and I really have to I've never really I don't think to my knowledge I don't think I've ever quoted Rotten Tomatoes as a source but if you look at the disparity between the critical and the audience score 89% of critics gave the film a positive review only 36% of the audience did and if you look at the kind of the, the reviews that people did they all seem to be the same that they don't really like the film on the base it's just a bunch of rich people and their rich people problems and even for an art house film the souvenir did a minuscule box office with just over 1.7 million dollars for the entire world i was actually quite surprised when i learned that hog was going to be making a follow-up to the souvenir the souvenir part two but in a way i was actually quite intrigued to see what happened to julie next and it was as the credits rolled i think i worked out what it was about this world that I was beginning to, that I was finding slightly unpalatable. And this will seem like a slight tangent. However, I do think for me personally, it goes somewhere to explaining how I feel about the films. For most people, if you want to get involved in the film industry, either behind the camera or in front of it, you will need one of two things. You either have to know someone in the industry or you need to have some kind of financial security behind you. For example, Paul Thomas Anderson is a great, and I mean truly great, writer-director, but he can afford to be. His parents were wealthy, and essentially he was given everything in life to succeed. And I'm glad that he has. I think his films are incredible. I, I genuinely believe I think There Will Be Blood is probably the greatest film made this century. But directors like Chloe Zhao, ditto. She makes great films, so who really cares? But try breaking into the world of acting on a waitress's salary. It is likely that it is not going to happen unless you have a few thousand pounds to spend on acting classes and can live somewhere like London. And of course, mummy and daddy just might know the odd producer here and there. What I found was with the souvenir part two is that it kind of reaffirms a lot of what I've just said. Now, the plot of the sequel is this. Julie is struggling to make sense of her relationship with Anthony and decides to explore this in a choice of her final film at film school. She wants to make a meditation on this time, much to her tutor's bafflements and dismay. So effectively, Hogg is making a film about Joanna Hogg making a film which effectively is the prequel to the film we are now watching. It's an artist showing us how she became an artist. And I think film matters. It's why I do this podcast for no other reason than I love films. I love talking about them and I hope you enjoy hearing me talk about them. 
And what I find with films is they're an escape. You don't have to worry about your new boiler, what you're going to have for tea, what your kids are deeming. You name it, you can worry about it. And films transport us to another place for a couple of hours. And they do, and it does matter. I think a great deal of the enjoyment of life comes from it. And in The Souvenir Part 2, we sue Julie as an artist using art to understand a life experience. And here is the issue, I think, with The Souvenir Part 2, is that I don't think, for me personally, it had the through line to connect with the Julie character emotionally. Because to be quite honest, a lot of the time, I found myself vaguely resenting her situation. Now, there is a scene where Julie is trying to get her film made and it's going to cost about £10,000. And she simply says to her mum, I, I need £10,000. And it's treated as if £10,000 is just loose change that this family have under the carpet. And it's a telling moment because on the one hand, she has a tale to tell. She feels the need. She has to tell this story. She has a an artistic vision for the first time in her life. She needs to tell this story in order to try and help her understand what's happened to her. And we even see during the making of her film, her lead in the Anthony role questions her on their relationship. And you can see Julie processing the moment as an artist and a person. It is an interesting, I think quite fascinating moment in the film and how much of there is Hogg in that scene. Um, is she still processing this? incident i mean i'm assuming in her life there was a person like anthony so you wonder what kind of what was going through her head when she was watching the scene and art is being created by julie and by joanna hogg and it appears each trying to make sense of the same scenario in a film so meta in nature i can't still quite shake the rather uncomfortable reality that what this film really did to me i think was serve as a rather stark reminder of how the film business and one's journey through it is largely the domain of those who can afford it like Julie. She is a struggling artist, struggling in terms of expressing her vision to those around her. The struggle isn't one that includes having to wait tables or put up with a noisy housemate. She is provided for and The Souvenir Part 2 I think is a film about privilege. It never acknowledges it and it doesn't have to of course but at times, Julie and her family really grated on me. I hate to use the term bourgeois, but there is this is an actual scene in the film. Could you put that up for me, darling? I don't want them to get the wrong idea. No, you had enough. Oh, sit. Oh. I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. Shit. What's happened? Is that the Etruscan pot? It's not what a shame. I'm so sorry, Mummy. I really, really, really didn't. I think it was okay. I think it was safe. I'm sorry. It's only a terms, please. Darling, you didn't do it on purpose. I'm sorry, and I really didn't do it on purpose. Come on, dog. That's just one of those things. Sorry. Yes, can you get them out, darling? There's some sharp bits. Come on, dear. Come on. Quite sharp bits. I'm so sorry. Oh, yes. Can you get the dogs out, darling? I don't want them to hurt their feet. No, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Come on. Oh dear. Just one of those things, isn't it? You cut yourself. Just a little bit. I'm so sorry. 
so sorry, is your finger all right? Mm. I'm going to go and get Worst things happen at sea. A, um, dustpan and brush. And put this on. Let's start again. I shouldn't worry, she can make another one. People this annoying are hard to root for. And I'm sure the scene is a microcosm of the exploration of the mother-daughter relationship. And yes, the mother-daughter in the scene are both related. Tilda Swinton is the mother of Honor Swinton Byrne. And it brings up the rather uncomfortable question of nepotism, because would Honor have got to play Julie? Were her mother not friends with Joanna Hogg from school? I doubt it, and it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. I'm not sure if it, how much it matters. Really, I think she's really good in the film. Yeah, you know, I think she's great actually at times. But again, you do think about where are the working class actors coming through the ranks? Where are the Rita Tushingham's, the Albert Finneys of the world? And the brutal truth is there there are none because the industry as a whole has become so geared towards serving its own. And without talent, you won't get anywhere. However, if you have talent and money then the journey from struggling artist to successful one is far more likely to end with your name on the screen. And again, I found The Souvenir 2 was just really a reinforcement of all these feelings I have about the film industry. At the film's conclusion, Hogg breaks the fourth wall. A party at Julie's flat is shown to actually be a set in a hangar and the camera tracks along until we hog, hear Hogg shout, cut, and the film ends. You know, you don't have to imagine what happens to Julie next because her story is effectively Joanna Hogg's. She becomes a director. Here's the thing. She is an auteur. She has a vision. And of course, she should be making films. And despite my reservations about the souvenir part two, it's a million miles away from the god-awful identikit blockbusters that clog up the multiplex. And who can blame her for making a film about the world in which she knows? I mean, Christ, that's what I would do, I suspect. And at least she isn't trying some kind of voyeurism like the Cleo Bernards do with their god-awful misery, poverty porn. And aesthetically, too, I loved the souvenir part, too. It captures a time and place that never feels cliched or overly romanticised. And make no mistake, I feel like I'm watching a film being shot through by someone with an eye for cinema. And the film is a hymn to cinema itself, the restorative nature of the meaning. It reaffirmed to me just how important films are in our lives. Critics have been falling over it. It was Sight and Sound's film of the year for 2021. And yet audiences have stayed away from it. Even in art house numbers, its box office was a pitiful $312,000 worldwide. And indeed, none of Joanna Hogg's films have really done much business at the box office at all, which begs a question, I think. How does she keep on getting to make films? And the answer, I believe, is that she is a filmmaker who has effectively rendered any idea of box office utterly unimportant. And I also think that's a good thing, because however I feel about her films, I think about them, I go back to them. And I might not be having the time of my life with them, but in a world where we seem to be veering from one disaster to the next, losing yourself in thinking about a film is actually a pretty nice place to be. And however muddled and confused my opinions are on Joanna Hogg, I would much rather be thinking about her characters and her aesthetics than worrying about having to build a nuclear bomb shelter in my garden. So that's going to be it then for this episode of the 24 Frames cast. Many thanks for listening. You can find me 
at 24framescast on Twitter. Um, you can find me on uh, 24framescast.blogspot.com. I will put a link to um, the Movie Collector YouTube channel in there. And um, you can email me at 24framescast at gmail.com. Many thanks for listening, and I'll be in contact soon. Bye.